Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, including special guest Keith Floyd, the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies uh, and author of the new book, Recovery. Uh, he's with the Cato Institute. And we'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be with us as well. It is November the 30th, and on this day in 1609, Galileo first began observing the moon with his telescope. He has discovered that the moon and the surface of the moon is not smooth, as previously thought, but full of mountains and valleys like the Earth. Uh, Galileo was an Italian astronomer and physicist. In 1609, he constructed his own telescope to observe the heavens. Dutch eyeglass makers invented the telescope in 1608, but Galileo improved on their original design significantly. He ground and polished his own lenses to achieve greater magnification and used his invention to observe the surface of the moon. Galileo was not uh, the first or only astronomer to use the telescope to study the moon, but he was the first to publish a detailed report of his findings. His report was Sidereus Nuncius, or Starry Messenger, was published in 1610 and made him famous uh, throughout Europe. It included detailed sketches about the surface of the uh, moon, which demonstrated that it had a topography like Earth, more mountains, valleys, and plains. These findings challenged previous ideas about the nature of heavenly bodies. In Galileo's time, most scholars believed, based on writings of Aristotle from the 3rd century, that heavenly bodies were perfect, unchanging spheres. The earth alone was imperfect. The Aristotelian model, excuse me for not pronouncing that correctly, Aristotelian model also put the earth at the center of the universe. The publications suggested both of these ideas were false. The moon was not a perfect sphere, and the earth was not the center of the universe. Galileo continued to publish groundbreaking studies of the solar system, but these uh, ideas brought him into conflict with the Roman Inquisition. The Roman Catholic Church had adopted the works of Aristotle and its teachings. The Church was willing to accept the moon had terrain like Earth, but unwilling to accept the Earth orbited the sun. In 1633, Galileo was forced to recant his belief in heliocentrism and uh, spent the rest of his life under house arrest in Florence. Now, these ideas may sound silly to you. I remember this 700 years ago, but uh, here we are in the 21st century uh, using climate change as a reason to try and obscure or obfuscate uh, the truth about what's going on on the earth. We'll talk about that later. U.S. stocks uh, closed mixed following a higher-than-expected U.S. gross domestic product uh, growth as annualized rate of 5.2%. That's pretty good. Uh, It's amazing, actually. If things go well today, all three major indexes could report their biggest monthly gains of the year. And right now, futures are up substantially, so this could uh, end with that happening. The ceasefire between Israel and Hamas is extending into the seventh day, minutes before the truce with truce. 
was uh, set to expire. Israel's military said it would continue its pause in fighting as talks continue. Israel's uh, announcement comes hours after its military and Hamas gave statements indicating they are ready to go back to war. Hamas told its military wing to be ready for combat after Israel's military said it was prepared for the next stage of war. This comes right before a shooting this morning in Jerusalem left uh, three dead and 13 injured. Authorities say two brothers from East Jerusalem affiliated with Hamas were pronounced dead at the scene and they were responsible. Well, an ill wind knocked over the National Christmas tree outside the White House Tuesday afternoon, uh, two days before it was set to be officially lit by the president. I guess that's going to happen today. Uh, The stately 40-foot spruce, which had been delivered to the White House uh, ellipse just south of the executive mansion on November the 14th, fell at around 2 p.m., according to officials. What a perfect metaphor for the Biden presidency. It's uh, just amazing. It's never happened before. Anyhow, work crews are scrambling to try and salvage the tree and get it set up right uh, with a crane. Well, House lawmakers are poised to hold a third and potentially historic vote this week to expel Representative George Santos from Congress after the House Ethics Committee report this month accused the 35-year-old of campaign fraud, misuse of campaign funds, and other crimes. House Speaker Mike Johnson announced yesterday that the vote on the privilege resolution for Santos' expulsion will take place today. Santos, who is in his first year in office and faces 23 federal fraud charges in New York, survived two previous expulsion attempts. The charges came after a federal probe uh, following reports last year, alleged Santos fabricated or exaggerated many parts of his resume and personal history. Uh, Santos has said he will not run for re-election next year. He believes he's likely to be expelled in, in this third vote. A two-thirds majority vote will be needed to remove Santos from the House. Only five members of Congress have ever been expelled from the House in U.S. history. Well, if anybody deserves it, he certainly does. I've, just about everything he's done has been so crooked, and uh, he just he's just a compulsive liar. Unbelievable. Well, former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger died at the age of 100. The former Secretary of State passed away at his home in Connecticut, fleeing from Nazi Germany in 1938. Kissinger came to American as an American assist in 1943. He served in the 84th Army Division before earning his bachelor's and master's Ph.D. degrees at Harvard University. He spent almost 20 years at the Ivy League teaching international relations before jumping into politics. In 1969, Kissinger was appointed national security advisor by former President Richard Nixon, ultimately serving under two administrations until he left office in 1977. He continued to be a counsel to uh, presidents, however. His notable career highlights include helping Nixon create relations between the U.S. and China, negotiating a ceasefire with North Vietnam, North Vietnam in 1973, easing Cold War tensions, uh, while conducting arms agreements with the Soviet Union, as well as conducting negotiations to, uh, to ease Middle East tensions. I don't know that there's ever been a Secretary of State who's had greater influence than uh, Henry Kissinger. Well, as world leaders gather in Dubai today for a two-week conference dedicated to figuring out what they're going to do to about climate change, a major agreement to curb emissions could be in the cards. That's according to the president of COP28, Sultan al-Jabbar, a man who's managed to be both, this is unbelievable, both the leader of the Climate Change Summit and the head of a oil company in United Arab Emirates uh, called Adnoc, 
uh, a potential conflict that caused criticism and intrigue in the lead, lead up to the event. Al-Jabbar told the uh, Guardian that world leaders, including Saudi Arabia's, may end up hammering out a robust roadmap of greenhouse gas emission cuts that would prevent the world from warming more than the globally agreed upon 1.5 degrees. Uh, I'm sure that'd be Celsius. Once the planet's long-term average temperature reaches 1.5 degrees Celsius above the planet's pre-industrial average, the damage may become severe and irreversible, according to these climate scientists and the International uh, Panel of Climate Control. It would result in what we would see this summer, lots of hot Record hot temperatures and extreme flooding in the U.S. temperatures are rising faster than the global average, they claim. Catastrophic weather events uh, could become more frequent and worse, such as long droughts, uh, stronger hurricanes, and more intense wildfires. And we're already getting there. For 127 days this year, Earth passed a daily average temperature of 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels, according to the European Climate Service uh, Copernicus. Well, we'll always have the Paris Agreement, but it's uh, up to seat COP28 to actually get to meet its targets. To avoid breaching the deal's 1.5 degree limit, the world needs to uh, reach net zero emissions by 2050 per the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, removing as much emissions as humans put out as an ambitious task considering emissions continue to rise and oil companies remain bullish. What a joke. <clears throat> can't believe they're selling this stuff to the public and they're actually buying it. Uh, carbon dioxide is plant food. If we had more trees, uh, we would have to get more photosynthesis and perhaps create uh, more carbon dioxide into oxygen to uh, feed oxygen to uh, animals like us. President Biden acknowledged Monday that prices are still too high. This is amazing. <laughs> and argued that companies should lower them after our 18% jump in consumer costs since he took office. We know the prices are still too high for many things. That times are too tough for many families, the 81-year-old said in the White House. We've made progress. We have to do more work, Biden's added. Let me be clear to any corporation who has not bought their prices down. Even as inflation is coming down, even supply chains are being rebuilt, it's time to stop the price gouging and give the American consumer a break, he said. The prices of some goods, such as food products, are expected to decline in coming months, but periods of general deflation are rare in U.S. history, or any history for that matter. Biden previously used his bully pulpit to try to pressure oil companies uh, to take action to lower gas prices last year. So, I mean, because... Doesn't he have an economist on his staff? Can't somebody explain to him how this works? It's not price gouging. Uh, the producers end up uh, buying goods and services at a higher price, and they convert them into their final product, and they end up uh, selling them at a higher price. So uh, Joe Biden just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. It's scary to think that he's the president of the United States, and he's making policy around these issues. Well, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee will recommend char charging Hunter Biden with contempt of Congress if he does not comply with its subpoena compelling him to appear for a closed-door deposition rather than concede to his demands for a public hearing, said James Comer. Uh, there's a precedent for this, Comer said. Wake up, America. The same exact thing happened when the January 6th committee subpoenaed Steve Bannon, who said he would not come in for a deposition, but he would come in for a public hearing. He refused to do so, uh, acknowledged the deposition, and Congress held him in contempt of court. 
he will treat Hunter Biden the same way. Abby Lowell, the attorney for representing the president's son, said a letter Tuesday to the uh, committee, which uh, is investigating his business dealings as part of the impeachment process. He said that his client doesn't trust Comer and uh, committee Republicans to present a truthful account of a uh, private in a private deposition. Sounds like a personal problem there, uh, Hunter. But Comer said the closed-door session is necessary. It certainly is, because there's hundreds of questions about specific transactions uh, with our enemies around the world. And uh, this is a serious investigation, he said. And uh, so they said, look, Comer's position is we're going to do this deposition. We're going to be able to ask the questions we want to ask. We'll have a public hearing afterwards. And by the way, a deposition, it's word for word. That can be distributed as well to the public. So uh, Hunter Biden doesn't have a case. I think he's going to end up uh, being in contempt of Congress. Wouldn't surprise me. We'll see. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Keith Law, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. He is the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Certainly. Uh, Florida Citizens Alliance is a coalition of, uh, of now over 260,000 people here across Florida, uh, mostly parents with kids in the school system. Um, we focus on um, trying to improve the quality of our, our public schools and then providing alternatives to help parents uh, uh, potentially get out of those government schools if, uh, if they're dissatisfied. So we focus on parental rights. We focus on uh, uh, getting rid of the indoctrination uh, and school choice, uh, among other things. Terrific organization. I must say I was reading about zombie schools, which are schools that don't have enough students, so therefore they have to be cutting back on services. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of pressure to close the schools, but many parents just don't want to see that happen with their child in the school. So this is happening in states like Illinois, California, other places. Because of the good work of the Florida Citizens Alliance here in the state of Florida, we, we have a very robust education program. certainly has its flaws. We need to go a lot further in terms of improving public education. But it certainly is better than most across the country, Keith. So congratulations to you. I, I thank you, Bob. I certainly wish you'd used a different word than flaws, but uh, <laughs> that's my last name. Yeah. Good point. Well, I won't use it again, Keith. So, you know, all of this costs money, the work that you do, and it's really effective and it's been just effective for the last decade. You've done so much to improve the quality of education. So how can our listeners participate and help in this process? Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share. As we come up on uh, year-end, there are numerous ways your listeners can, quote, invest in the future of Florida's children by giving through us. Um, every dollar goes to the mission. Uh, none of our board takes a salary, and uh, all of our board's travel is on our own dime. But um, in the near term, as we come up on year-end, there are three things I'd like to bring to your listeners' attention. Uh, one is... Uh, we have our uh, our fifth annual gala coming up in March uh, with Dinesh D'Souza and uh, Tanya Boyack, who's the, the founder of Federal uh, Twins. Um, we're selling those tickets now. Um, you know, we're all experiencing inflation. Um, the Ritz, among others, have raised their prices to us about 30%. Yeah. So what we've done is put out an inflation-protected uh, kind of an early bird price um, that goes away on uh, December 4th. So um, we're encouraging your listeners to uh, go to our website, uh, you know, buy a ticket um, or two. Uh, if you uh, can't attend the event, uh, buy a ticket for a veteran or a student or, uh, you know, a first responder. So it's a great way to support us and all of that, uh, all of the money we raise, uh, you know, goes towards our mission. So. Um, that's number one. And I would say, by the way, if you to, to find out more, go to the website, goflca.org. Goflca.org is the website to find out more about the gala. It's happening in March, as I recall, Keith. March 13th. March yep. March 13th. So it's going to be a terrific event. I'd love to hear Denise D'Souza's uh, wonderful. So, again, uh, goflca.org. 
There, there are two other ways that uh, people can can help, and, and as we come into the December time frame, you know, lots of people um, are thinking about uh, you know the year-end plan, uh, the year-end giving schedule for charities. There's a lot of good charities out there. Mm. Uh, certainly, uh, in our view, there's no other ch- uh, charity or 501c3 here in Florida that's doing anywhere near what we're doing to protect our kids and, and the future of uh, liberty through them. So. Um, you know, you can think about uh, if you're going to be making a donation to a charity, we'd like you to consider uh, doing it uh, to us as well. Uh, and then, of course, the third is uh, a, a planned giving. Again, as we come up on year end, families um, start to think about, um, you know, their wealth and what happens when uh, when they leave this earth. Uh, I'm always uh, Pastor Rick is on your show frequently and I'm always uh, I chuckle over, you know, he says, uh, God gave us an expiration date. We just don't know when it is. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, so as we, as we all grow older, we contemplate, uh, what happens to any wealth we might've accumulated. Um, we encourage people to think about a plan giving, you know, 1%, 5%, uh, to us, uh, could be a huge boost. Uh, as an aside, uh, my wife and I at the beginning of the year, uh, changed our will and are donating 20% of what's left when, when God calls us So to the Florida Citizens Alliance. So those are three quick ways you can help. And again, every, uh, every donation uh, goes towards our mission. Again, uh, and doing so much to create school choice. To, and uh, I know the governor, the state legislature, looks to the Florida Citizens Alliance for guidance on when it comes to education. Uh, we no longer have Common Core here in the state of Florida, and, speak, and largely because of the influence that the uh, Florida Citizens Alliance has. So there's been so much good things, many good things that have been done in order to enhance education opportunities here in the state of Florida. The consequence of that, by the way, is that our education system is uh, ranked in the top five, I think it might be number one now uh, in the United States in terms of public education. Now, I'll admit it means that we're the best of the worst. <laughs> we're nowhere near where we need to be, but irrespective of the work that the Florida Citizens Alliance has done has just been immeasurably important. Well, competition in this uh, space uh, is a great thing, and Florida is certainly providing some great competition for the other states as well as for improving uh, in our own schools. Uh, so all good stuff. All good stuff indeed, and again, creating school choice. And I might point out that uh, right now, planned giving, uh, any kind of giving, is down because of inflation. So organizations like the Florida Citizens Alliance, at a time when they could best use the funds, it's a bit more difficult than ever because of inflation. We're all experiencing it, but uh, I hope you'll open your pocketbook and give to a terrific organization. Again, the Florida Citizens Alliance. GoFLCA.org is the website. Keith, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Bob, for the opportunity to share what we do. Absolutely, Keith. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? 
Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Wednesdays through Saturdays, uh, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center is serving dinner from 4 to 8 p.m. Terrific menu. Great comfort food, seafood. Uh, the chef Richie there is just a, a terrific job. And it's inexpensive. It's great value as well. It's informal. So just stop by Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center Wednesdays through Saturdays. 4 to 8 p.m. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He is the director of Health Policy Studies. He's also the author of a newly released book called Recovery. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you so much, uh, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C., and what that basically means is we want you to be free to live your life however you want, so long as you respect the equal rights of others. And as we've discussed, Bob, that doesn't seem like it should be controversial. And if it doesn't seem controversial to you, well, then you don't live in Washington, D.C. That's <laughs> so true. That's a big job. So, uh, Michael, uh Trump has announced that he would like he plans to replace Obamacare. I was surprised to read that Obamacare apparently is popular, uh, and uh, it could be unpopular to try and repeal it. To me, that's very confusing because it's such a bad piece of legislation. What are your thoughts? So uh, I hope that the former president is one of your listeners, Bob. He might be because I hope he hears this part. You know, he wasn't very serious about repealing Obamacare when he was president. The bills that he was pushing through Congress would not have repealed Obamacare, even though he said they would have and the press said they would have. And this is coming from someone who really does want him to repeal. In fact, I think that not only 
So, so he wasn't very serious about it. Uh. I don't think the, uh, the other members of his party were very serious about it, but they should be. Because what Obamacare has done is it has made health insurance more expensive and worse for everybody just to try to subsidize a small group of people who did not have health insurance before, when there are much better ways to have gone about that that would not have destroyed the, the market for everyone else. And that's not just me talking. If you uh, look, look up one of uh, President Biden's economic advisors, a man named Michael Garuso from the University of Texas, who just became part of Biden's Council for Economic Advisors, he's done research that shows that Obamacare, and not just some weird tangential part of it, but its central provision, its supposed protections for pre-existing conditions, are making health insurance worse for the sick, to the tune of costing them thousands of dollars per year, threatening their access to care. He and his co-authors wrote, that it encourages, Obamacare encourages backdoor discrimination that results in a situation where not even healthy people can be adequately insured. So, yeah. so this, is, this is a problem, and so not only should Republicans be taking this seriously, Democrats should, be, should want to repeal Obamacare as well. And you know what? If you ask them about, do they still, if you poll voters and ask them, do they still support Obamacare, even if it does these things I've just described, even Democrats turn against it. But the reason you're hearing that it's popular, Bob, is because the only people doing those polls asking questions about the actual effects of Obamacare are folks like the Cato Institute and your big think tanks and foundations and uh, pollsters are not even asking those questions. On the rare occasion, they do get, they get the same results that we do, showing that Obamacare is unpopular. But uh, that's why you're hearing that it is popular is because everyone's asking lousy poll questions. So Republicans don't care about repealing it. Democrats don't learn about how the law actually works. And they think it's the best thing since sliced bread and they want to preserve it. Well, and of course, the design of the plan is completely ridiculous. The whole notion of uh, <clears throat> having uh, it was kind of designed like automobile insurance with low deductibles. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I would prefer to have more choices, and Obamacare tends to limit our choices, doesn't it, in terms of our health insurance? It totally violates your right to make your own health decisions in terms of whether and how much of your medical expenses you're going to pool with other people. It violates people's consciences by requiring them to buy coverage that they find morally objectionable. And uh, and it, it destroys innovation. You know, while... Congress was debating Obamacare. The market was innovating to make coverage more secure, even for people in employer-sponsored insurance, which the government forces people to enroll in or else they have to pay higher taxes, and creates huge gaps in coverage because you lose your employer plan when you lose your job, obviously. Mm. The market was innovating to find ways to fill in those gaps that the government created, but then Obamacare destroyed that innovation. So if you want to make health insurance and I describe this uh, or explain in more detail in my book, Recovery, which you mentioned. Thank you for that plug. If you want to make health insurance and health care better and more affordable and more secure, what you need to do is respect people's right to make their own health decisions, allow that kind of experimentation and innovation. And we will see happen in healthcare what we see happen in other sectors of the economy. Prices will fall, quality will improve, and fewer and fewer people will. Uh, and healthcare will become more universal because fewer and fewer people will fall through the cracks of our health sector. Yeah. By the way, how did you spell your your, your twenty five hundred dollars that you saved when Obamacare was 
camp on I'm sorry. I hate to Still be waiting to see those savings. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just out of curiosity, if, if uh, President Trump wants to replace Obamacare when he becomes president again, uh, what would be your recommendations of the replacement? How sh- what, what, sh- what should it look like? Well, as, as one wag once said, when you, uh, uh, when your house is on fire, you don't want to repeal and replace it. You just want to put out the fire. And mm-hmm. so, I would I, I wouldn't settle for uh, repeal only, but that is that is where we should start. And as for then making additional re- reforms that would improve health care, employers right now, because government forces workers to enroll in employer plans, that means that employers right now get to control about one point three trillion dollars of their workers' earnings and use that money to make their workers' health insurance and health care decisions for them, mm-hmm. which has been a disaster uh, for uh, all sorts in, in all sorts of ways. So maybe the first thing I would do after repealing Obamacare would be to take that, it would be to change the tax code so that workers can control that $1.3 trillion and they can make their own health decisions. They can stay in their employer plan if they want, but the government would no longer penalize them if they wanted to buy health insurance that stays with them between jobs and into retirement and uh, or if they just wanted to buy less health insurance than their employer offers health insurance that that meets their needs and reflects their values and so forth there are lots of other things that I discuss in my latest book recovery as well Uh, Medicare reform reforming the Medicaid chip programs reforming the Veterans Health Administration clinician licensing, state regulation of health insurance. I could go on and on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Well, one of the, the inequities, I think, is the fact that uh, employers can write off their contributions to uh, employees' health plans uh, and employees don't have to report it. Wouldn't it be great if, if that was all equalized so that there would be no incentive to, or to, to enroll in an employer plan and instead get shown in health insurance? Yeah, the way that write-off works is, it, it, it applies at the, at the employee level, not the employer level. Mm-hmm. And that means that Congress is effectively penalizing you for every dollar of income you don't take as health benefits. Right. Which leads people to buy more health, demand more health insurance through their employer than they would otherwise. That makes them insensitive to price, more so than they would be if they were choosing the level of insurance without that dist- tax distortion. And so they don't care about price as much as they would, and that leads uh, providers to charge higher prices. You want to know why you're seeing these outrageous stories about someone charged $82,000 for anti-venom that only costs $150? It's because the government is making so many people price insensitive, and, uh, and insurance companies are such lousy price negotiators that, uh, that providers are... Uh, willing and able to charge these outrageously high prices that that most people don't pay, but a lot of the uninsured do end up paying. And and if they don't, the hospitals will you know put a lien on their house and try to garnish their wages. It's all because the government has inserted itself somewhere where somewhere where it shouldn't be and taken away our right to make our health decisions. Yeah, so well said. I would hope that you would write a letter to the uh, president, presidential candidate uh, Donald Trump and let him know your thoughts on replacing Obamacare because I think it could be really helpful in terms of his plan to uh, moving forward. Again, Michael Cannon. Uh, direct- well, he's one of your listeners. He's already heard them. 
<laughs> but he needs to see it in writing, Michael. <laughs> Again, Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, C-A-T-O.org. Also author of the newly released Recovery uh, by Michael Cannon. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be back, Bob. Thanks. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more by visiting the very robust website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. You know, I read today uh, that uh, apparently inflation is costing the average household about $11,200 per year. In addition to that, uh, Competitive Enterprise Institute reports that uh, the average family is paying uh, about $14,000 a year in regulatory costs. But consumers getting really whipsawed. I wanted to get your thoughts. Well... And nothing against Wayne Cruz. I've cited his 10,000 commandments uh, uh, work for years and years and years. He, he, and 
as as thorough as I think he can be, he's got he misses some. He has to. I mean, fourteen thousand is bad enough, but just my experience living my life around the country in various places, including you know, I'm not a moron. I did you know I moved to Maryland to be on the Chesapeake Bay, but then. I moved to Florida, and then I moved to Texas, which are allegedly less government states. And I've got to, I've got to say he's undercounting, just because there's, you know, it just if you just do the math, there's a six trillion dollar a year federal government. There's fifty overreaching state governments. There's over two thousand overreaching county governments. Right. And then you've got five thousand or so city governments. And they've all got their hands in your pocket, and they've all—they're all standing in the way of you breathing and moving and conducting your life. So it's—it's just—it's—it's it's so completely oppressive, and it's—you know—again, I—I keep going back to Belize because I'm in Belize. There's a corrupt as hell federal government in Belize. Mm-hmm. It's tiny. There are no state governments. There are no county governments. There are no local city governments. So, yes, there's a corrupt federal government. You barely notice they're there most of the time in day-to-day life. And, you know, look, I, I bought a house in, in, in Goodland, Florida, right outside Naples. And the, and the uh, Hurricane Irma flooded it and destroyed it six months after I bought it. Mm. So I built a new house. And I conservatively estimate that I wasted $100,000 on the bills meeting stupid building regulations imposed by the county that made no building sense whatsoever. Right. Uh, Because what happens is the plumbers union bribes the county government and says mandate all these plumbing things. And and then they'll have to hire us to to put them in. And then the electricians go to the county and bribe the county and say impose all these electrical mandates. And then we'll have to be hired to bring, you know, to, to meet all of them. And every build, every trade in the, in the building business goes and does that. Uh, um, so I just, you know, as, as bad as Wayne Cruz calculates it, I think he undervalues the actual impact on society by government regulation. Well, it depends on the on the. Uh, for example, you build a home. Certainly, you're going to be uh, overcharged for those services, and I certainly understand that. But we're talking about the EPA and all these other things that are. Kind well, of- I, well, look. Uh, this is no. This is. You know, I'm not being overcharged. I'm being charged for things I don't need. Right. Good point. That's that's different. That's totally different. Yeah. Uh, my favorite example was. I build a one-bedroom, one-bath house. You, everybody listening in Naples, you should go look at it. It's, it's on the first street, right in, you turn right in front of stands. It's one of the, be, it's one of the five best one-bed, one-baths on planet Earth. It is a spectacular edifice. But my favorite example was they, put, they made me put, quote-unquote, smart circuit breakers in. Uh-huh. The smart circuit breakers have a computer chip in them that read an electrical current as a problem. So they trip all the time. Mm. I had one outlet in my kitchen that had the laptop and the printer plugged into it, not a major source of power on either end. It tripped 24 times in one morning. The circuit breakers, if I recall properly, in 2019 were $75 a piece. And then I passed the inspection. You have to do your final certificate of occupancy inspection. I passed it, 
and then you hire the electrician again to come out and take all the uh, smart breakers out and replace them with the $2 breakers that we've used for hundreds of years that never had a problem. Wow. And, and he took the breakers with him, the, the, bat, the stupid breakers with him, which made me think, okay, he's going to the next house now and using them there. And he'll take them out of there when, when they pass inspection and then go to the next house. There, so I spent, that's, that's three or four grand right there. Yeah, that I spent. I didn't. I didn't even keep what they told me to keep, um, and so it's just. And this is allegedly conservative Florida, with allegedly very conservative Collier County. So it's cheaper. It's it's not as terrible there as it is in much of the country. Right. And it's terrible in Collier County. So, and if anybody from the Cal- Collier County government is listening. Screw you. Thank you. <laughs> so, see, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, we have uh, the government. We are born free, and according to the Constitution of the Declaration of Independence, we create government in order to protect us from internal and external predators. Uh, the government should stay in its lane. Unfortunately, they think government's it's, the biggest predator of all. That's exactly right. And uh, we're seeing right now more and more confiscation of incomes and capital in the United States. What's it like in Belize? How are the regulations there? I'm building. I'm building a house right now. <clears throat> you submit. You submit your plans. They take about six weeks, and they almost always say yes. And then you never deal with the government again. Wow. And and it's it's the permit cost is nothing. One of my favorite numbers I just found out for certain. If you start, what is the Belizean equivalent of a LLC, which is a 250, and you properly describe the business you're going to do in that 250, your your income tax annually is 1.75 percent. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the property I own 85 feet of sea frontage on the Caribbean Sea, a nice big deep lot that's 85 feet wide, and my annual property tax is fifty dollars. Uh. <laughs> so so you know again I, I think i've told you bob the number one reaction from most conservatives because you know i i've interacted with a lot of them for a long time in my profession the number one reaction to me leaving the u.s they're angry at me for giving up on the u.s and they they're in love with the idea of the u.s they're not in love with the u.s as currently constituted and they don't they can't make that distinction because of their glassy-eyed love of patriot, patriotic love of the U.S. Well, look, if this were if the U.S. were a business, you wouldn't invest a nickel and you'd declare bankruptcy. Well, uh, my favorite quote comes from Mark Twain. He says, "Always support your country, and support your government when it deserves it." And there is right, a distinction right. between the government and the country, believe me. And uh, we're seeing that more. Well, and more. But, but, but my point is, the government has ruined the country. Yeah, yes. and so uh, you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm not going to, you know, and and this is where you know it gets, per- I, I guess, personal. I'm and 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 the conservatives shouldn't be angry because they were the ones fighting against it. The the, re- the reason we got here is because the vast majority of Americans let us get here. Yeah. And I'm supposed to go down on that ship with those idiots? I don't think so. Well, of course, it's been indifference for 50 years or, or more. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They let it happen. Yeah, you let it happen. You know, 
Indeed. It's human nature. It's human nature to not want to admit something's bad until it's so bad you can't fix it. That's true. Um, I, I don't want to make a you know it's it's a, it's a harsh parallel, but Adolf Hitler didn't get to be Adolf Hitler because most of Germany loved what he was doing. No, he got to be Adolf Hitler because most of the people just ignored what he was doing. Right. They didn't like it, but they didn't do anything about it, and that's exactly what happened in the U.S. They didn't like what was going on, but they didn't do anything about it. And that's how the bad guys get to be the bad guys and get to and, and, and human history is an unending arc of the bad guys winning. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you visit the website lessgovernment.org. You could also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining uh, us. I missed her upbeat today. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, no. <laughs> You're fine. It was great having you on the uh, Seaton. Thank you. All right, coming up, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Protest. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics. They know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in uh, the government. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, my, my pleasure. I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving yep. and uh, like this cold weather out there today. Well, it's not really cold, but feels good. Yeah, it's been nippy for the last couple of days. I understand it's supposed to get up to 80 today. Yeah, well, so much for that 
so much for that cold spell. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, tonight is the uh, Teresa Heitman Ball. Uh, uh, it's supposed to be the centennial uh, uh, ball. Uh, why they, first of all, that they did it in uh, uh, beginning of December when uh, it really should have been at the end, but that's okay. Um, so um, ask me if I'm going. <laughs> I don't even know anything about it. This is a surprise to me. There's a centennial ball. Well, see, 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 Bob, that's the whole that's the whole point. And yes, they've been planning this for allegedly a year. They have a committee. Okay, they've done some centennial events, uh, uh, Maple Centennial, and um, fireworks tonight uh, uh, after a, di- a dinner at the ba- at Baker Park and. I'll tell you this because I know we don't have a lot of time to talk, but I, I put Chris and I, I say Chris because she, <laughs> she was with me when I was there and on council for 28 years. Um, you know, we, we put a lot into the city because we loved it. All right. We didn't ask for anything back. But so they do the Centennial Ball. This committee was formed a year ago or whenever. I never got one phone call asking me to participate or to do something um, you know, with the centennial or, or take a part in it. And then the invitation comes for the dinner, okay, tonight. You know, it's uh, 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 at Baker Center, uh, I mean, it's Baker Park, um, and um, it's a big deal, what have you. And I look at the invitation, and down at the bottom of the invitation, in tiny le- tiniest letters you can see, you need an ophthalmologist to be able to see them, it says $300 per plate for the dinner. Huh. And, and, and Bob, I got to tell you, uh, it isn't that I'm cheap because I'm not, um, but, uh, you know, those of us that served for so many years, and I'm not just talking about myself, I'm talking about fellow earlier councils and council members and, uh, some of the few mayors that are alive and, uh, community leaders, especially, um, should have been invited to that dinner uh, with a with a personal invitation, of course, uh, from the mayor, and and they should have comped it. Okay, period. Yeah, and I just felt like you know I, uh, they they excluded me. Uh, we've been here half a half a century, <laughs> Chris and I, um, but they excluded us, and so I'm just uh, I wouldn't don't want to use the word boycott, but I'm just um, I'm just. A little bit hurt and annoyed and uh, and everything else. So no, I am not attending. So I can't give you a report next week how the centennial was. Well, I, <laughs> for me, from my uh, standpoint, if they're going to serve dinner at the park and then have yep. a fire fireworks uh, program or whatever, how yep. does how do you where's the where's the money going for three hundred dollars a person? I mean, uh, well, they'll they'll use it they'll use it for for some city, uh, uh, you know, something for maybe they're going to donate it for the new pier or something <clears> like that. <throat> but but uh, but but who knows? I mean, they they it doesn't say that it doesn't say the, the money will be used for whatever. But it's three hundred dollars a plate. Period. Well, and, and, it's um, just a shame, Bill, that you should receive of all people. You should receive a special invitation, and you should be acknowledged there for your leadership. I mean, you served on the city council and as mayor for right. uh, over twenty years. My goodness, uh, and did a great job. The city is in great shape when you turn it over to uh, Teresa. Well, thanks. But you know that that's that's life, Bob. And as I say, that that all goes to to I, I don't I don't hold back. Uh, that's Teresa Heitman's doing. She had to be in charge of. Uh, of the committee and uh, and whatever they did, I have no idea. But they didn't 
They, they just, people didn't, just like yourself, you didn't even know that there's a centennial. Um, and I don't know, looking at today's uh, uh, Naples Daily, Chris has it, but I don't see anything on the front page uh, or any, any big, uh, you know, hoopla. There might be some tomorrow. But anyway, um, I, I thought I'd inform you and your listeners of that. It's just... Um, well, thank you for uh, that. It's, it's, yeah. it's disappointing, but it's not... It is. It's, it's not out of the norm for, for the no. behavior. <laughs> the- no, no, for sure. And I know that the... For the elections coming up uh, in March, that um, I know Gary Price is ready. There, he's holding back until January, and I don't blame him. In. And one of the things on council um, two weeks ago, real quick, they um, somebody Ray Christen brought up the thing. Look, why don't you do like we did the, my last election? Um, don't put up any signs till after January first. Let's keep it a clean uh, Christmas holiday, uh, Hanukkah holiday without having signs litter the lo- litter the yards in the, uh, you know, over the next couple of weeks, uh, next month. And uh, there was dead silence. Like, <laughs> they didn't want to hear that. So I don't know what the end result will be. I think they're going to rediscuss it. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, it just goes on. Yes, it does and indeed. There are, and there are already signs out. Blankenship's got signs out. Of course, you couldn't wait. So... Uh, he, he won't vote in favor of it. But anyway, uh, that's, that's about it on the, on the city end. I must say, Bill, I, for f- over 15 years now, you've been a guest on the show on a weekly basis, well, with very few exceptions. And uh, I just, well, quite frankly, since you're no longer mayor, I just appreciate so much your candid feedback and everything that's going on. In the- <laughs> no politics well, involved. Hey, it's fun to do it, Bob. <laughs> uh, well, I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. And listen, you, uh, you're my guest of honor uh, for, for the uh, gala this evening. I'm so sorry that you that uh, you weren't included. So, But thank you so much for joining us here on the show. All right, Bob. You take care, and we'll speak to you next week. Look forward to it, Bill. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Mac Chionis is a, a uh, professional real estate, uh, uh, professional in the real estate business, and uh, Matt's going to be joining us and talking about markets and uh, here in uh, the Paradise Coast. Dr. Bob McClure is the president of the James Madison Institute. He'll be joining us as, as well as Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Uh, Larry will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, I really thank you for your patronage. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you enjoy it, pass the word on to your friends. Uh, That's one of the ways we support our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.